episode number 173 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Figure we might as well just jump into it today, just take a quick look at Game 3 and try to predict the starting lineup for the Rangers tonight. Obviously, Brandon Lemieux coming back from his suspension. Maybe he can give the Rangers a little bit of a spark, but I figure we'll start today by just going uh, line by line here, defense pairing by defense pairing, and just figuring out who's going to be playing with who, who's going to be in the lineup, who's going to be out of the lineup, and then finally we'll wrap the whole thing up by talking about the goalie situation because, as I said in yesterday's episode, in a way, we're kind of right back to where we started with the goalies, where really any of them is a candidate to be in net tonight with the Rangers facing elimination against the Hurricanes. So we'll take a look at that, but why don't we start with the forwards? I would not mess with anything in the top six. If the Rangers are going to get back into this series and break out of this goal-scoring funk, you got to figure it's going to be the usual suspects leading the way. And in the regular season, and yes, I know the playoffs are different, but in the regular season, the Rangers were fifth in the league with 3.33 goals per game. Only the Lightning, Caps, Leafs, and Avalanche finished ahead of them. So to me, it's not time to reinvent the wheel and do something crazy like put crafts off out there on the top line. I wouldn't do anything like that. You stick with the guys that got you here, and you just got to hope that they can figure it out because it is a short series. They're in a very unforgiving situation. They've obviously got no room for error tonight, but be that as it may, I still think you got to stick with the guys who've been there for you all season, and so I would not mess with the top line. I think you have Mika Zibanejad out there centering Chris Kreider and Pavel Buchnevich. None of those three guys have exactly lit the world on fire in this series. You know, they've all had their moments. They've all had chances to score every once in a while, but we just haven't seen that consistency that we saw from that top line in the regular season. And, you know, we talk so much about how Mika Sabanajad and Chris Kreider have this incredible chemistry. Haven't really seen it thus far in the playoffs. And again, part of that, you got to tip your cap a little bit to the Hurricanes. They have played just fantastic team defense. They're a team that plays very well when they have a lead. They just pressure the puck and really limit your scoring opportunities. And, you know, They've been playing with a lead for basically this entire series. I know the Rangers tied the game at one yesterday, but other than that, it's basically been the Canes have led for the certainly the vast majority, almost the entirety of each of these first two games here. So that's another thing. It would be fantastic to see the Rangers score an early goal rather than give one up. I mean, I know I'm stating the obvious here, but let's play with a lead tonight. Let's see if we can get something going early in this game. Score early, get everybody feeling good. Maybe the dam breaks, maybe everybody relaxes a little bit, and the team as a whole just kind of finds that scoring touch that's been lacking in these first two games. As for the second line, we do not yet know if Jesper Foss is going to be able to play tonight. Nothing definitive one way or the other, but even if he does play, this is the one adjustment that I think is fair to make as far as the top six forwards are concerned. I think you go Stroman Panarin, that's obvious, but I think you go Capo Caco then on the right wing instead of Jesper Foss because Jesper Foss, he played for one minute in this series and Capo Caco has really maybe been the Rangers' most dangerous looking forward over these first two games. He's really just kind of found a groove. He's even been physical when the time has called for it. He's created a couple of scoring chances. He looks dangerous with the puck. He looks creative with the puck. So Kako, I think, you know, with this team struggling to score goals and the way that Kako has played so far in this series, I think even if Jesper Foss is in the lineup, you do make that adjustment. You do put Kako up there with Stroman Panarin. Kako has really looked dangerous in these first two games. And I think at a certain point, you know, we've talked about this with the Rangers where guys just kind of force the issue. And we've talked about it 
regarding guys coming up from the AHL, you know, guys like Ryan Lindgren and Igor Shesterkin just playing well enough to force themselves onto the Rangers. And I think it's a similar situation here where Kako has just played so well that it can't be ignored. He's got to be in a top six role. He's been the Rangers probably, again, maybe their best forward throughout these first two games. So I think you have to have him out there in a spot where he can do some damage offensively. And again, even if Jesper Foss plays, I got to have Capo Kako out there on the second line with Panarin and Strom. We move to the third line, and this is where it gets a little bit trickier because we've got Brandon Lemieux coming back from his two-game suspension. So I am going to put Brandon Lemieux on the third line in place of Philip DiGiuseppe. I'm going to have Philip Hedl remain at center, and I'm going to have Jesper Foss on the right wing if he plays. If he can't play Jesper Foss, that is, then I would say probably put Brett Howden on the right wing there for the third line. It's close between him and Julian Gauthier, but I do think Howden played well yesterday, so I would slightly favor sticking with Brett Howden on the third line rather than Julian Gauthier. And as for Lemieux, he's moved up and down between the third and fourth lines fairly regularly this season, so I think it's okay to just kind of reinsert him into the lineup on that third line there. Seems like it would be a fairly seamless transition, and I want Lemieux to get some decent ice time tonight, because if you're the Rangers, you're looking for a spark right now. He's the kind of player that might be able to give it to you, and I just think Brandon Lemieux has a better chance of making a big impact on the game than somebody like Philip DiGiuseppe does, and it's nothing against DiGiuseppe. He does play hard. He was even briefly on the Rangers' top line line earlier this year when Chris Kreider was hurt, but I still got to go with Lemieux here. Give me the player who, one way or another, seems fairly likely to make his presence known. He's a very unique player. I know some people have kind of called him Sean Avery Light. I think that's definitely a very apt nickname for Brennan Lemieux, and like I said, I just think there's more ways for Brennan Lemieux to impact this game tonight than there are for Philip DiGiuseppe to impact this game tonight. He plays with a lot of intensity, a lot of fire, and he can also play the mental game as well. You know, maybe he tries to play some mind games with some of the younger players on the Canes. That top line of Svechnikov, Aho, and Teravainen, they looked borderline unstoppable. I mean, especially Svechnikov and Aho. Aho was setting up Svechnikov for all those goals. But maybe Brennan Lemieux can get in their heads just a little bit. And I don't want Brennan Lemieux to go out there and just be out of control and look to do nothing but mess with the other team. I mean, he's got responsibilities on the ice that go well beyond, you know, just playing mind games with the star players on the other team. But, you know, he might be able to get them off their game just a little bit. He's an agitator. He's a pest. And look for him to definitely try to make his presence known. You got to figure he's upset with being suspended for the first two games of the playoffs, not being able to be out there and help his team. I get the feeling one way or another, we are going to notice Brennan Lemieux tonight. Hopefully it's for good reasons because he can't just be completely out of control out there, just taking runs at guys and taking foolish penalties and getting into fights just for the sake of getting into fights. But I definitely do think it's a good thing for the Rangers to have Lemieux back. And I'd like to have him on the third line because... The farther up the lineup you are, typically the more minutes you're going to see. And so if Lemieux's on the third line rather than the fourth line, we get a few more minutes of Brandon Lemieux out there. And I think that's overall a good thing for the Rangers. So now we get to the fourth line. And once again, just a reminder that if Jesper Foss plays, then I've got him on the third line. And if that's the case, then we would roll with a fourth line of Greg McKegg, Brett Howden, and Julian Gauthier. And I would have Philip DiGiuseppe as the odd man out. And again, it's nothing against DiGiuseppe. It's just a numbers game. And I think so far throughout this series, uh, McCaig, Howden, and Gautier have all had their moments. I mean, I don't think any of them has set the world on fire by any stretch of the imagination, but they've all at least had, you know, something positive in this series. DiGiuseppe, I just haven't really noticed him on the ice all that much, and McKeg and Howden, solid penalty killers on top of that. So I think that's the fourth line. If Foss is in the lineup, I'll go with McKeg, Howden, and Gautier as my fourth line. Now, if Foss does not play, then like I said, we can move Howden up to the third line, and that leaves us with McKeg and Gautier on the fourth line. And you know what? What the heck? Let's stick Vinny Letary on the fourth line, and I'm kind of going against my better judgment here because... 
Philip DiGiuseppe has played in 20 games for the Rangers this season, and Vinny Letary has not appeared in a single game with the Rangers this year. But DiGiuseppe is just not a scoring threat. He never has been. He's never really going to be. He has just one goal and three assists in 20 games this season. And as far as Letary being in the lineup, with the way that Quinn has been juggling his lines throughout this series, it might be nice just to have another goal-scoring threat in the lineup. Maybe at some point Letary even moves up to the third line, ends up logging some decent minutes, you know, depending on how he's playing, depending on how other guys are playing. And Letary had a great season in the AHL this year, 25 goals and 22 assists. But I should caution everyone that Letary has played 46 career games with the Rangers, and he has a grand total of two goals and six assists in those games. So something hasn't quite translated from the AHL to the NHL for Letary. And obviously, that's a massive leap from the AHL to the NHL. But as of yet, Letary has not been able to do in the NHL what he has done in the AHL. And part of that could be his usage because during those 46 games with the Rangers, Letary has averaged only 10 minutes and 56 seconds of ice time. But yeah, you know, the scoring just has not been there. And like I said, going Letary over DiGiuseppe is somewhat against my better judgment. But with the way the Rangers are struggling to score and struggling to create scoring opportunities, I just don't think it would be the worst idea in the world to get another offensive threat into the lineup. So yeah, if Faust does not play, give me Letary in the lineup instead of DiGiuseppe. Shifting our attention to the defense pairings, I'm not going to mix and match here. I think you stick with the same six guys, and I think you stick with the same three combinations. And I don't even think I really need to repeat this at this point, but you go with Lindgren and Fox, you go with Brennan Smith and Jacob Truba, and you go with Mark Stahl and Tony D'Angelo. And something that the Rangers need to take advantage of tonight, it's game three, so they are the quote-unquote home team. And you might hear that and think, well, what does that matter? The game's in Toronto. It's there is no home ice advantage. You're partially right, but you do get last change. And so I think the Rangers really need to take advantage of this and deal with Carolina's top line accordingly. Anytime there's a play stoppage, if the Canes are putting that top line out there, I think the Rangers have to go with the best defense pairing that they can go with at the time. And coming into the series, I thought that was Lindgren and Fox. And overall, certainly that's the defense pairing with the Rangers that has the most upside. I think both of them could turn out to be really, really great players. Adam Fox already is a spectacular player for the Rangers, and I think Lindgren is coming along nicely. He's really kind of uh, burst onto the scene this year, taken hold of a position in the Rangers lineup and never let go of it. But I think I might actually, believe it or not, as far as the Kings top line goes, I think I might slightly favor Brendan Smith and Jacob Truba, just because I think both of those guys have been very physical in this series, Truba especially. I mean, Truba's laid some big hits on some people, and I just want to be able to knock those guys around a little bit on the Canes, make them think twice twice about, you know, going to the center of the rink. Maybe Truba can deliver one of his trademark bone-rattling hits and just kind of change the complexion of the game a little bit tonight. Again, I don't want him to do anything dirty or just take a run at them or take a stupid penalty, but throw your weight around if you're Jacob Truba and throw your weight around if you're Brendan Smith as well. I think Brendan Smith overall has done all right in this series. He had that one just awful mistake in game two where he tried to pass up the center of the ice and it resulted in a turnover right in front of the Rangers net. Henrik Lundqvist really bailed him out there. But overall, I do like what I've seen from this defense pairing. I don't think they've been spectacular, but I think they've been physical. And I think that might be the pairing that can slow down that Kane's top line if any of them is going to do it. But Ryan Lindgren and Adam Fox are right there as well. They're right there behind Brennan Smith and Truba. And I would avoid putting Mark Stahl and Tony D'Angelo on the ice against that line as much as possible. 
it's not going to be completely avoidable because obviously line changes can happen during the play, and there's going to be times where Mark Stahl and Tony D'Angelo just happen to be out there against that Canes top line. But if I'm the Rangers and I've got a draw in my zone and the Canes are sending their top line out there, then I got to go with either Brennan Smith and Jacob Truba. I think, believe it or not, I think they are my top pick to face off against that top line of the Canes. But then Ryan Linger and Adam Fox right behind them, and I would try to avoid Stahl and D'Angelo. You know, it's not like, I don't think any Ranger defenseman has played god-awful in this series. I don't think any of them has been brilliant either by that same token. But when you look at game two, Stahl and D'Angelo both, you know, had a little bit of a miscue. The first goal that was scored by the Canes was by Andre Svechnikov, and Mark Stahl was a little bit late getting over there to get on Svechnikov and try to disrupt the scoring opportunity. Now, you could say it was a soft goal, and there is some truth to that, but Mark Stahl should have been all over that guy. There was nowhere else for him to be on the rink at that moment, and he just failed to prevent the scoring opportunity. And then later in the game, when the Canes got off to that great start in the second period, and they scored to make it 3-1, Tony D'Angelo, it looked like he had control of the situation. He was all over Morgan Geeky behind the Ranger net, but Geeky just slipped loose, came in front of the net, and uh, passed to his teammate, Jordan Martinook, and the goal was scored, and just like that, it's 3-1 to one Canes, so yeah, I just don't think that Game 2 was really a banner game for the combination of Stahl and D'Angelo, and so I'm going to try to not have them on the ice when the Canes top line is out there. And now we get to the goalie situation. And I want to start this whole debate by, first of all, just giving Henrik Lundqvist a fair trial here for how he's performed in each of these first two games. I do not think he's been terrible by any stretch of the imagination. He has made some really nice stops at some really important moments of each of the two games. He stopped the Canes on some odd man rushes. He bailed out Brennan Smith in a huge way in game two. And, you know, if we look at the seven goals that he's allowed in these two games, we'll go through this quick, but we'll start with game one. The first goal that the Canes scored was stoppable, but it was also... An incredible shot by Jacob Slavin. Squeezed it just inside the near post and went top shelf as well. And... Also, this was kind of the result of Foss being in just a complete daze after taking that hit from Brady Shea. He wasn't there to pick up Slavin. It's obviously not Jesper Foss' fault. I'm not trying to insinuate that in any way. Uh, What do you want him to do when he can barely stand up out there? But if that hadn't happened to Foss, he's probably there to prevent the scoring opportunity altogether. And... You know, as for Lundqvist on this play, is it a stoppable shot? Yes, it is, but it would have been a great stop if Lundqvist had come up with it. And then the other two goals in Game 1 were the result of some really nasty deflections. There wasn't really much he could do, and frankly, I don't know if there's a goalie in hockey that's going to come up with both of those saves, and there might be very few that even come up with one of them because they were deflections right on the doorstep. The puck changed direction dramatically, and there's just not a whole lot you can do if you're a goalie in that situation. So game one, I thought Lundqvist actually played pretty well. Rangers obviously didn't get the result. Game two was not quite as good. Uh, The first goal that the Canes scored in this one, a little bit of a soft one, and yes, Lundqvist should have gotten some help from Mark Stahl on this play, but it went right under Lundqvist's right arm, and he really should have come up with that one, and the Canes, you know, off to the races, once again playing with the lead early in that game. The second goal was stoppable, but you got to remember, it came as the result of a bad penalty and then a face-off loss, so it's not 100% on Henrik Lundqvist. It was also a great shot by Svechnikov, who just really seemed to have the scoring touch in Game 2. Third goal, Rangers got outworked, plain and simple, and it was an easy stuffing goal for Martinuk right there on the doorstep. Stoppable, maybe, but it never should have even come to that. You know, the Rangers should not have allowed that scoring opportunity to even happen. And then the fourth goal, uh, just a really bad play by Stromi. was trying to hold the puck in at the blue line. It results in a two-on-one the other way, and you get a perfect pass from Aho to Svechnikov. And, you know, the common theme to all these goals is that Lundqvist could have possibly come up with some of them, but he also got very little help on every single one of them, really. So I think it's fair to say that Lundqvist has not been brilliant in any of these games, but Anyone putting the losses on Henrik Lundqvist, I think that's out of line as well because I think overall, you know, he has made some really nice saves and 
there aren't really many goals that I would consider to be soft goals other than the first one in Game 2. So Lundqvist has been fine, but having said all that, I definitely think it's time to go back to Igor Shesterkin if he is healthy enough to play tonight. You know, we could pour through all these stats and discuss how much or how little blame that Lundqvist should have for these first two games, but there's a very simple reason why the Rangers should go back to Shesterkin if Shesterkin is healthy. He's the Rangers' best goalie, and sometimes it really is just that simple. He's got Lundqvist and Georgiev beat in every statistic, and the Rangers, they just win when Shesterkin is in the net. He's 10-2 and in his NHL career. And again, the fact that the Rangers are down 2 to nothing does not rest solely on Henrik Lundqvist's shoulders, but the Rangers are at the point now where they might need their goalie to steal a game. And who's best suited to do that? I gotta believe it's Igor Shesterkin based on what he showed us at the AHL this year and what he showed us uh, with the Rangers in the 12 games that he's played for them this year. 11 good games out of 12. And the Rangers' best chance tonight might be to just grind their way to a 2-1 to win where the goalie just completely stands on his head because... The Canes have been so defensively sound that it's kind of hard to imagine the Rangers going out there and scoring five goals tonight. I'm not saying it can't happen or it's impossible or anything like that, and I do realize that you're asking a lot of Shesterkin in this spot to come in, make his playoff debut, and be a brick wall and save the Rangers' season, but you know what? Shesterkin is a professional hockey player. He's been playing hockey his whole life. These guys should want to be out there in situations like this, and I'm sure Shesterkin would embrace this challenge, and if he's healthy enough to go, then yes, get him out there absolutely between the pipes for Game 3 tonight. If Shesterkin is unable to play tonight, that leaves us with the question, do you go back to Henrik Lundqvist once again, or do you give Alex Georgiev a chance? And it's close for me, but I think I got to go Georgiev, and it's really tough for me to say that because Henrik Lundqvist is a legend. Henrik Lundqvist has carried the Rangers on his back for so many years, but I think we're at the point now where Georgiev deserves a chance. Georgiev deserves better than being a healthy scratch, which is what it was looking like he was going to be coming into this series before we found out that Shesterkin was unfit to play. And again, these losses are not all on Henrik Lundqvist. He's made some really nice saves at different points in each of the two games. But I think Georgiev deserves a chance because him and Lundqvist were basically neck and neck to start the season. They kind of went back and forth. They went with a little bit of a hot hand approach between those two goalies. That was obviously before Shesterkin was called up from the AHL. But I don't know. Can you really sit here and say that Henrik Lundqvist has the hot hand? And again, I know that all those goals were not solely his fault, but... Facts are facts. The Canes have scored seven goals in the first two games, and the Rangers have their back against the wall, and it's do-or-die time. So I think I got to see what Georgiev can do for me if Shesterkin is unable to go, and it comes down to either Lundqvist or Georgiev. And I'm going to toss this stat out at you guys. You can make of it what you will because all of this happened uh, you know, four and a half months ago. It feels more like four and a half years ago. But in seven of Alex Georgiev's last 14 starts in the regular season, he held the opposition to two or fewer goals. Again, Take that how you will, because it feels like it might as well have happened in a different universe. It was so long ago. But again, something needs to change. The Rangers need some kind of a spark here. They need to find a way to turn this series around, and maybe Georgiev has it in him. Maybe he goes out there and just absolutely kills it for the Rangers tonight. Maybe he helps the Rangers steal one and gets them back into this series. So yeah, for me, if Shesterkin is healthy, it's a no-brainer. You got to roll with him. He gives you the best chance to win. If he's not healthy, then I'm willing to roll the dice on Alex Georgiev, give him a chance to start Game 3 here for the Rangers. And I want to end today's episode with a little bit of a rally cry for Ranger Nation here. Look, I understand that they have not played their best in games one and two. I understand that the situation looks pretty bleak right now. They do have to win three in a row if they are to defeat the Hurricanes and advance into the round of 16. But if you're looking for some positives, I really think that game three tonight will be the hardest of the three games to win for the Rangers. And I'm not saying that if the Rangers win game three tonight that it's a slam dunk that they're going to come back and win games four and five as well. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is... Right now, the Canes have all the momentum. They've outplayed the Rangers in each of these first two games. It's going to be really 
uh, a big challenge for the Rangers to get things pointed in the other direction. But if they can do that tonight, then they got a little bit of momentum going forward. Maybe the Canes start to feel the pressure a little bit that, oh boy, we, we really got to close this team out, this team that's been a thorn in our side. And maybe that starts to creep back into their heads a little bit that the Rangers have owned them you know, throughout the regular season and throughout the past couple of seasons. Again, 10-2 and two against the Canes in their last 12 regular season matchups. So the Rangers win tonight. Maybe you just plant that little bit of a seed of doubt in the Hurricanes Maybe some players on the Rangers find their A game tonight and you have an opportunity to really kind of just get back into the series and go into game four with some confidence and feeling good about yourself and saying, hey, you know what? Nobody thought we would be here anyway. Let's just let's just have some fun with it. You know, I think if the Rangers win tonight, it definitely might loosen the team up a little bit going forward for the rest of the series. So game three, to me, this is the big one. This is the one that will be the most difficult of the three to win. And I know I'm oversimplifying it here, but the Rangers have won three consecutive games at different points throughout this season. So it's possible possible to do it again. And the other point that I just want to make is that you cannot quit on this Ranger team because they have not once quit on us this season. Did they quit when they were down 4 to nothing in Montreal early in the year? No. Did the Rangers quit when they were out of the playoff picture by double-digit points at the All-Star break? No. Did the Rangers quit when Mika Zibanejad went down with an injury? No. So who are we to quit on them at this point in the season? You know, I know things look bleak right now. I know games 1 and 2 have not gone according to plan. I know the Rangers are still trying to find their A game, but, you know, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much to kind of cause the dam to break. You know, if Panarin and Zibanejad can get it going, and again, you know, I realize that there's not much time to figure it out here, but if they can get rolling a little bit, those guys single-handedly can carry a team offensively. So maybe they find that scoring touch tonight, and maybe it carries over for the rest of the series. It's certainly possible. Crazier things have certainly happened in the NHL. And if the Rangers are going to get back into this series, then you got to figure it's going to be the big guys leading the way. It's going to be Panarin, it's going to be Zibanejad, Strom, Kreider... Adam Fox, Buchnevich, Tony D'Angelo, those are the guys that are going to have to generate the scoring opportunity. The solution doesn't lie with calling guys up from the taxi squad, many of whom, by the way, would be making their season debut or their NHL debut and just thinking that they're going to carry us to a win. Now, yesterday and also today, I did toss out the idea of putting Vinny Letary into the starting lineup or maybe even Kravtsov. But if the Rangers are going to turn this series around, I don't think it's going to be one of those guys leading the way. It's going to be the big guys for the Rangers, the guys that have gotten it done all year and scored all these goals and created all these scoring opportunities and looked like MVP candidates in the cases of Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad. And here's something else I just want to toss out there real quick. And I realize if you're the Rangers, you have to make your own breaks, but... Is it too much to ask for the Hurricanes to make one mistake in this series? And I'm not talking about penalties because there have been plenty of penalties called both ways. But, man, I just want to see one bonafide odd man rush for the Rangers. I want to see someone on the Canes shank a pass and have it lead directly to a scoring chance for the Rangers, like Brennan Smith did in Game 2. I want to see Peter Mrazek let in a soft goal, something, a, a lucky bounce, anything to kind of get the Rangers going a little bit. At some point, you got to figure that the Canes, they're not infallible, okay? They got to make a mistake at some point. They got to have some kind of a defensive lapse where they just, somebody just doesn't pick up their guy. Something to get the Rangers going a little bit. Something that can be considered a little bit of a break, a little bit of puck luck for the Rangers. Something fortuitous, a lucky bounce, anything. Uh, a deflection off of, you know, uh, a skate of a Carolina defenseman that goes into the net. Something that just kind of breaks in the Rangers' favor. And again, I realize if you're the Rangers, you can't rely on the Canes to make a mistake. you got to make your own breaks. But I think at this point in the series, you know, we're going into the third game here. The Canes really have not made any glaring mistakes whatsoever. So I just want to see them basically screw up one time tonight. I don't think that's too much to ask, and hopefully the Rangers will be right there to capitalize on it. Because I don't think the Canes are this perfect team that just will not make a mistake for three consecutive games. So again, hopefully they slip up at some point. Hopefully the Rangers right there to turn it into a goal.
Something else I think the Rangers absolutely must do tonight is get off to a better start. And I don't want to see them trailing this team five minutes into the game. I don't want to see the referee's arm going up just 30 seconds into the game to penalize the Rangers because the Rangers keep getting hit with these early penalties and they're just taking way too many penalties in general. And you take an early penalty, it's something we've talked about on this show, but even if you kill it off, even if you kill off the power play, it still prevents you from taking the upper hand early in the game because you're back on your heels and you're trying to ensure that the Canes don't score. And yeah, I know sometimes, you know, a good penalty kill can give a team a boost, but you know what? I'd rather just avoid the shorthanded situation altogether. I think that goes without saying, and I think the Rangers just need to get off to a better start tonight, establish the forecheck early. They did have a strong first period in game two, but I don't want to see them going to the penalty box less than a minute into this game, and I don't want to see them playing from behind. We got to play with a lead at some point because we've spent this whole series chasing this team that is very, very good when playing with a lead. So I think it's absolutely crucial that the Rangers score first tonight, and you got to stay out of the penalty box. I know it's easier said than done. I know it's been a very physical series. I know that the refs are calling it kind of tight, but you can't keep giving this team opportunities on the power play. So stay the hell out of the penalty box tonight, and for the love of God, let's score the first goal and just take it from there. At least we'll have a lead. At least they'll have to face some adversity. The Canes will, and the Rangers can, you know, just kind of build off of hopefully an early goal in this game. But yeah, the puck drops at 8 o'clock tonight. We need a night game for the Rangers. That's another thing. We need to shake things up. We get all these weird noon starts playing at noon on a Monday. Let's get back to basics. Let's play at a time when the Rangers would normally be playing. 8 o'clock tonight, that's when the puck drops. Season on the line for the Rangers. And that's going to pretty much do it for today. So thank you guys once again for tuning in. I really hope that the next time we all get to talk to each other, it's to take a look at Game 4 because the next episode, the Rangers are either going to be done or they'll be coming off of what will probably be a thrilling Game 3 victory to keep their season alive. And, you know, I don't want this to end. It's been a really fun season for the Rangers. It's been an absolute blast for me personally to do this podcast. And, again, I can't thank you guys enough for continuing to tune in and, and keep listening to this show throughout the NHL pause, throughout the entire season, throughout the postseason. It really does mean a lot. And again, I don't want this to end. So let's get a win tonight. Go Rangers. And then hopefully we can be back here to talk about a potential Game 4 matchup. Game 4, if it does happen, would occur on Thursday. There is no game time announced yet for Game 4, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. First things first, let's take care of business tonight. Let's get a victory. If you would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Let's go!